Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Kirsty of Pizza Bernard Photography. And I'm Caitlin of Ragamuffin Pet Photography. And today we have an interview for any pet photographers. Uh oh. <laughs> Caitlin! <laughs> <laughs> okay, Claire, I'm just going to fill you in. Caitlin is supposed to write an intro and I've just run in the door so I hadn't pre read it and she wrote <laughs> She hadn't done it. (laughs) My bit. We are very excited to bring today's guest to you for season three, episode 11 of the Pet Photographers Club. Today's guest is a longtime friend of Kirsty and I and a fellow photographer in the Tales of Australia Collective. She's a multi-award winning photographer who's been exclusively working with pets for 10 years now. She's the author of Tales of Perth and she's one of the sweetest gals you'll ever chat to. But the reason we really wanted to get her on the podcast today is because she's recently launched a unique spin on traditional pet photography, her hort and hound photo shoots, and we really can't wait to hear all about it. It's Claire Garrett of Petography. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club, Claire. Thanks, ladies. I'm so excited to talk to you. It feels oh. like this has been a long time coming. I'm I so know. glad that we got you nailed down <laughs> this time and got you on. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So um, before we dive too deeply into your Horton Hound photo shoots, Claire, um, it might be nice to give the listener a brief int- introduction um, as to sort of who you are, how you got started and, and what's different to then to where you are now. So Take us back 10, 10 years. Yeah, okay. So I registered the business name photography in 2008 and I literally just picked up a camera, decided I wanted to do this. Um, I had an amazing mentor who was just a hobbyist photographer who taught me everything I know. Um, started shooting for money about a year later. Mm-hmm. Um, did all my friends' dogs shoots and stuff like that to get started and get a portfolio. And then, yeah, about a year later I started and people were coming in. It, it happened so fast. All I did was chuck some business cards in my local vet. Um, friends of friends wanted shoots. It was really easy at the start for me to get clients. Mm-hmm. Um then I don't know it just kind of fizzled out and I was doing back in 2009 there was a thing called the beautiful beasties network which was a lot like hair of the dog on Facebook now um and I learned a lot from all these people from there wasn't many in Australia at that time but there was heaps around the world still so I was learning from all these people but I think my mistake was I was I'm trying to add up I was 21 22 Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. that and Anytime I heard something from someone who I thought knew more than me, I took it as gospel. So when I heard that you should never offer a discounted session rate, you should never discount anything, you shouldn't, anything I heard from them, I took as gospel and I didn't change that style of thinking for probably five years there where I was kind of stuck in a rut where I loved what I was doing. When I got a client, they spent what I needed them to spend. It was awesome, but I wasn't getting them coming in as regularly mm-hmm. as I needed. Um mm-hmm. So, yeah, I basically got off my butt, read every book I could read, did every course I could do, took photos of everything I could and, yeah, I I don't know, I turned the corner probably about three years ago, right around the time you guys approached me with Charles of Perth um, mm-hmm. and I just stopped acting like someone who enjoyed what I was doing as, as a hobby and started being a business person, I guess, and it's um, – 
yeah, I love it more than anything yeah. in the world. And when, when people ask why pets, I just, I don't get how they don't understand because like, <laughs> there's no better subject. Any photo I see any time of a landscape of, um, uh, of a city of all I want to do is stick a dog in front of it. So I, I, I don't, there was never any option for me. It was always pets. They're just, you girls know when it's in your yeah. heart, it's in your heart <laughs> and that's what you have to go to. So, yeah. yeah. So this, um, I mean, super cool for us to hear because we were, you know, involved in the Tales of Australia project. Yeah. Well, Caitlin instigated it. Yeah. Um, sometimes we do all get in a bit of a rut and we need something to get us out of it and it really just uh, reiterates the importance of, you know, working as colleagues. Yeah, rather yeah. than competition. Yeah, so I'm so glad you touched on that. Yeah, I think that um, it's a big it's a big thing that a lot of people worry about when they're first starting out especially is that feeling of like I think I saw someone post on um, in Hair of the Dog the other day about they had Googled other pet photographers in their area and now they were feeling really down mm-hmm. because there are so many other people and that sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas it's so nice to look at other quote-unquote competition as actually people that you could reach out to and they can be your support because it's a funny little industry that we're building for ourselves and it, it's weird and a lot of people can't relate to it. So I I, I love having, like at the Tales of Australia thing, I love having um, people that we can talk to and like you girls actually knew what I was going through. And- yeah, it was so invaluable for me. You did you did awesome things with Tales of Perth. Like, t- tell us a bit about sort of how that all went. And- yeah, so we we did some really cool um, spots in Perth that we ordinarily wouldn't be allowed into. So we got a dog on the stage in His Maj- His Majesty's Theatre. Um, we did some really cool stuff. We did Fremantle Prison, which is heritage listed. So technically, we aren't allowed dogs in there. And so I happened to know of a policeman who works with this police dog. Um, got in touch with him, and so we got owned this amazing police dog inside the walls of Fremantle Prison. Like it was just the so coolest cool. experience. And having that, I don't know, that just made it a lot easier for people to take me seriously. Seriously, I think the fact that we worked mm-hmm. and those companies and those businesses wanted wanted to sell it for themselves after we'd done it, so that was really awesome. Um, and yeah, because we ordered enough that the I think including the shipping and things, I think each book. Am I allowed to say the price it cost? Is that all yeah, good? yeah? So I think it cost me about per book. I want to say twenty dollars. And as mm-hmm. you girls know, with you, well, Caitlin taught me from the get-go the whole point of this was not necessarily to make your income off the books because that was more of the baby I guess mm-hmm. um it was the clients that came through the door which were invaluable but for me I wanted to get them in bookstores um purely because it just felt more legitimate and I had that price point that I could do it so mm-hmm. I have had some bookstores turn us away and to be honest it's my my husband Aiden who walked into the stores of the book and said look we've done this awesome book have a look through do you want to sell it because I'm not good with that I'm I just yeah. selling myself I suck I suck I'm <laughs> awful so he walked into these stores and just said to them how about it and we had a few no's um, they thought that $49 was too much for them to sell it for and that's fair enough we can't argue with that and we're not going to drop it for one and not the other um mm-hmm. But most of them, and and the cool thing is a lot of them are the local bookstores. So we have one um, in the bookstore in Margaret River, which is really cool because that's a really like little family-owned one. And But we do have it in a couple of Dimmicks as well, but that was all on consignment. So they only paid me after they sold the five or ten mm-hmm. they had at a time. Um, but it just makes it more legitimate for me, like knowing when people go to the website, they can either buy it from me direct or I've got a list of these stores they can go to. And it just makes it seem like, oh, it's 
it's a real book kind of thing. Um, yeah. So it, it was really cool to get it in bookstores. It, it was just exciting to see it on the shelves. I, every shop I go to and take a video, I'm like, oh, my God, I on the shelves with the real books. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then doing the actual project itself, I assume that brought in a lot of new clients yeah. into and photography. that was when I um, got my first client management system because I never had so many clients right. that I needed one. I'd always gone with spreadsheets because that's all I needed. Um, mm-hmm. but having that many, and you girls really hammered it out. You, I couldn't believe how, how many shoots you guys did in the short amount of time. Whereas <laughs> I was a lot more, I want to have time to control everything about mm-hmm. it. And so I did have, I mean, I had 65 clients sign up at the start and, you know, eight, nine months in, there were like a few of them were emailing me saying, when's my shoot? What's happening? Or, and I was like, it's coming, yeah. it's coming. Just, and it was that, to that, I was like, I have to manage this better. I have to be sending people kind of updates every few months. And yeah. so I got all my, that's when it, my automation came in. And it just, having that many people come in for their in-person ordering sessions, that's the best thing on earth to get you better at it. Like mm-hmm. there was no choice. If I wanted to make sales, I had to come in and see their photos. And it, mm-hmm. it just, yeah, it just stepped up my game. It's like, I grew up with it, you know, like I, I became a grown up about it instead of being a wussy little girl who was too scared to say, Do you want to buy? Like, it changed well, it is a, a real, it's a real throw you in the deep end thing when, because yeah. uh, I've got a few students doing the program who haven't done in person sales before or they're just starting out. And like, well, this is a way that you're going to learn how yeah, to do it. Absolutely. When you just do that. And yeah, sure, the first few that you do will be wobbly and wibbly and scary yeah but then you do it enough times you'll get used to it so are you doing all in-person sales now yeah yeah there's mm-hmm. no other choice um yeah I don't do any online there's literally no point for me um mm-hmm. I've tried it when I was trying to phase it out slowly I did a couple where I just gave them 24 hours and I'd liaise with the clients and say right it's up for 24 hours you know you have to this point otherwise and they still weren't getting back to me so I just went you know what there is no point um it takes me time and money to upload them all and and go on on the you know and and take it down when I told them I would and it, I just yeah it's like you say, they have to see the products. They have to talk to you. They have to see it on a calibrated screen for me because I've seen some of the phone screenshots that they've taken from, and I'm like, oh my god, your dog's not purple. So that's huge for me as well. Claire, can I just um, backtrack for just a quick minute yeah. about the bookstores? Was yeah. I mean, your number one idea behind getting your book into the bookstores was for credibility by the sounds, but was it also for a bit of marketing? Like, have you um, booked in clients who found you because of the book in the stores? The only clients I've had book sessions through the book have actually been, or that I know of anyway, uh, Mm -hmm. ones where they've read it. So we have it in a few vet clinics and um, I've probably had five or six that have picked it up. So they don't even own the book. They've just seen it in the vet's office. And the main thing that gets them actually is the, uh, I have like an intro where I talk about Alfie, my dog who got sick Mm -hmm. right before we started. And that is like, nobody can read it with mascara on because I still cry when I read it. It's ridiculous. And the number of messages I get from people saying how much that touched them, I think that brings them in more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the bookstores they generally just flick through to the photos. So I don't think they see that part of it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. For me it was like I have all these books. 
I don't want to just keep plugging it on Facebook. I want to sell them. I don't want them to go to waste. I don't want to give yeah. them away. So that was just, and it was just to start with, it was like Aiden goes, I'm going to go in and try it. And I was like, yeah, okay, go nuts. So he walked in and it worked. And I was like, all right, keep doing that. And he has just walked into like, it's, he's been really good for it because I just wouldn't do it. Like I'm a baby. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> yeah, it was to sell them and to get, just to spread them out as much as I can, because if it's only coming from me, it's only one little bit being sped out. So Yeah. I think that's also something to acknowledge as well that, like you just said, you wouldn't have done it. So yeah. being able to let go and trust somebody else to do it, whether it's an employee, a family member, a friend, Absolutely. a partner, you know, being able to trust Aiden, you know what, yeah, you you can do it, you know, yeah. because otherwise it's not going to, like it doesn't matter if it's done wrong because if you're doing it, it's not going to get done at all. So yeah, exactly. being able to let go, which I think sometimes is hard for us to do as, you know, uh solo sort of owner operators a little bit as well so yeah definitely yeah good takeaway for everyone all right so then you've led uh you've done the book you've got more confidence from doing in-person sales and and just having to have proper systems in place and stuff yeah and just pretty recently you've launched um this new is it a project or is it a type of photo shoot that you're offering? Yeah, it's a session type that I've – so it all started um, – I was doing – I got some images from Tales of Perth that I was in love with and for the first time ever I decided to enter some images in the WPPI and the <laughs> AIPP Awards um, and they went. They all got awarded and I was like, well, this is awesome. I'm going to keep doing this. But with Tales of Perth I had to change my shooting style. So because – I, I don't know if ever all of us did it, but I really wanted to make sure that it wasn't just photos of dogs. It was cool photos of landscapes or iconic mm-hmm. spots that included dogs. So I really changed my shooting style a lot and I found it really hard to get out of that. And so I wasn't getting the normal emotional photos I normally get at a photo shoot after that. And I was, it was really frustrating for me. And I went back to basics and I went, I was like inspiration board on Pinterest and I don't get my inspiration from pet photography. I just don't. I, I just find that that's way too, uh, I don't know. If you see an awesome photo another pet photographer has taken of a dog, you, I, I'm like, I love that. That's awesome. I want to copy that. I want to find something that's mine. And so I look at fashion photography, landscape photography, aerial photography, like, and I, this, this is one, uh, like, illust- not even a photo, it's an illustration I've seen. And it's, I think it would be like old school New York and it's got the cobblestone streets at night and the lights from the old school mm. um, light poles are shining down and this girl's walking along, her hair's swishing in the breeze and this red dress is flying behind her and she's got her heels in her hand. And you're imagining like her night's just finished and she's feeling awesome and walking home and kind of dancing to herself in the street. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, man, imagine that with a dog next to her. Like, that's my dream shot. And I've had I've got like a pre-session guide which I send out to all my clients before their shoots and there is a wardrobe recommendations what to wear not what not to wear that kind of thing and I like it's basic stuff that I'm sure you ladies have the same thing in about you know big boxy bright colored t-shirts really distract from the dog and they'll color cast and try to stick to neutrals if you can and then at the bottom I have but ladies if you have an amazing red dress that is sitting in your closet bring it along because we'll pop it on the end and get some amazing fashion kind of shots and nobody ever did it no matter mm-hmm. how much I talk, try to talk people into it, they just didn't and I guess they couldn't see what was in my head and they just thought it sounded a bit crazy to wear a formal dress to walk your dog. So I asked an ex-client who is in Tales of Perth, um, she's a lot like me, she wears her gym clothes all the time, she's never dressed up, 
but she loves doing it. She just doesn't have much excuse to do it. So I messaged her and said, look, I want to launch this new style. Imagine formal gown, bare feet, you're running along the running along the ocean with your dog next to you and your dress is blowing behind you kind of thing. And she was like, yeah, wicked in, let's do it. So we did her as like a prototype to kind of get some excitement around it so I could show people the images of what's in my head and kind of prove to myself that it would look good if mm-hmm. <laughs> just in case it yeah. wasn't good. <laughs> um, and, yeah, that shoot was magic and I just went, yep, this is just – because I don't, I don't like the mentality. I get it. I get that you're having a friendship with your dog, so you're going to wear comfy clothes. I get that. Mm. No, it drives me crazy when people rock up in sports gear. Yes. I've got yes. on my thing now specifically don't wear workout clothes. Yeah. It just looks staggy though, doesn't it? I get, I get what they're thinking. Maybe they're not even going to be photographed even though I've chatted to them about that. But some, some people have it in their head and I have to convince them at the time. Yeah. <clears throat> 99 times out of 100, I'm sure you two will agree, it's the photos of them with their dog that resonate the most. Um, And they're my favourites every time. Mine too. So I'm like, oh, you're you're in your leggings. Yes. Yes. And you don't have to be. But I love that you've – so to keep talking, sorry, I've interrupted. I'm just feel, I'm feeling it. I'm so no, excited just, about it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just, I'm such a, as, as you ladies would know, I'm such a passionate person. Whatever I do, it's like a million percent heart and soul and, and I believe in it with all my heart. And so mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm going all out with this and I'm like, get your hair done, get your makeup done, get your nails done, put on. And I'm talking like some of my, the I'll talk about the launch sessions I did, but some of them have worn like summer dresses and it still looks beautiful. It really does. But but I am encouraging them now, like, mm-hmm. don't be embarrassed. Like, put on that ball gown or put on – because I don't know if you've seen my latest one that I've shared on Facebook where we've got um, Lisa, we're in the sand dunes, and she's running along a doctor on the and she's got this big red cape flowing behind her. It's like the dream shot. Like, it's exactly Amazing. what I wanted. But imagine that shot without the dress. Imagine if she was, like you say, in gym pants and a top. Like, it wouldn't have the same magic because we have to, like – it's like staging, I guess. And nothing about the relationship with the dog is any different. It's still you with your dog, but it's on your best day. That's like the whole mentality behind it for me is like, why wouldn't you want to look and feel your absolute best for a photo shoot with this little being that is the reason your world is so amazing? Like it has to, you have to dress for the occasion. And in this case, overdress because on camera, it never looks how you think it's going to look. You might feel so ridiculous with your full hair and makeup and, and ball gown as you walk into the beach. But once we start shooting it, everyone around you will just be in awe like it's it's magic and I love it so much it's been really cool and what incredible statement artwork pieces too yes. like that as a pano shot yes. on your walls is exactly. breathtaking yeah and that's yeah exactly it yeah this is totally something that women should do with their like bridesmaid dresses that they never are going to yes. wear again absolutely <laughs> like, finally we have a use for them uh, that's a really good idea I was just thinking like two days ago like where am I ever going to wear this bridesmaid's dress ever again exactly <laughs> Um, yeah, I love it. Okay. How do people know that you're offering this amazing photoship option? So to get it started after we did Susan's prototype shoot, um, we got about, honestly, we have probably 50 amazing images, but, um, I've only shared about five and I shared one or two and then I did a promo on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was, I didn't word it as a model call. It was that I have this amazing new session type. I want to get some photos where, um, 
And I explained exactly what it was. Formal gown, hair and makeup done. We're on the beach. You're in bare feet and you're running around prepared to get dirty, laugh a lot, arrive looking beautiful, go home looking absolutely exhausted. Like, because there's a lot of running and movement and stuff because I want there to be the, you know, the flowing dresses and the jumping dogs and the excitement and the, mm-hmm. um, so I put a call out on Facebook and people could apply there. There was a few, obviously, key qualifying questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them was uh, if you, you know, if you don't, if we're not picked for the, I only picked five for the free sessions. They still had to give me a $50 deposit because I've learned that you have to get something from them to, you know, otherwise they don't turn up or they turn up and then you don't even come to look at their photos. So yeah. the $50 mm-hmm. kind of fully refundable deposit, they get their print and run with that if they wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. One client did that out of the five they gave away, but the rest all bought, which was awesome. And, and more importantly, they loved their photos, like mm-hmm. loved them. And one girl was like, I've never felt so beautiful in a photo. And Aww. I was like, yes. And, and the, the best thing about that was, I was like, that's not the makeup or the dress. That's the way you're looking at your dog. Like, trust me, that's yeah. that you know, but so that was really cool. And then, so I actually got about 45 people apply through that and I didn't want to be doing 45 free shoots. So they had to answer a question that said, if you don't get picked for the, you know, the five free ones, um, did you want a voucher that will give you a whole session $50? And most people said yes. So they all got that offer sent to them and about another 15 booked in. So I've, I've had that's 20 awesome, shoots. Yeah, so that's been a like the best thing about it is that it's we're still learning each time and, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of now chatting to them before they shoot and discussing with them, you know, what are you thinking? Do you want an album? Do you want your digitals? Or are you looking for one amazing shot? Because the thing with, you know, the statement pieces is – I need more time. I need my flash. I need my assistant mm-hmm. and I need, we, it can, you know, the running shot, God, she must've run up and down that June 20, 25 times to get the one perfect shot where the dog was jumping and she was smiling and it takes more time. So I don't want to spend half an hour on that one shot. If they only want an album and they're not getting one huge piece of wool out. I'd rather have, mm-hmm. you know, like some really good shots, but we don't have to waste all that time on the one epic shot. If they don't want it so mm-hmm. um yeah and then I've got some vouchers with um, one of our rescues here in Perth so when they adopt a dog um they call me and say we've got this voucher and I'm like cool let the dog settle in you know in three or four months time we'll book you in for and you can come in and then I'll say to them we've got options now you can either do the traditional shoot which is you know just you're just taking your dog for a walk it's all very casual and cool or we can do that and most most so far that have called since Horton Hound have been so excited for that. And even if we're doing yeah. half a shoot where it's with the husband and the dog and it's more casual because most of the men don't want to dress up. That's what I've found. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not – unless they're a real – you know, like some guys are really into their fashion. Yeah. 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 Unless they're really into their fashion, they're not. Really, and I, and then I've had like the partners say, oh, my husband's not getting dressed, so I can't be too dressy. And I was like, no, screw him. You can be as dressy as you want. We'll get the <laughs> ones. It's fine. Like, so, yeah, it's it's mixing everything up. So we've got the vouchers going out there. We've got um, – I've just done a new album with just Horton Hound photos in it, and that's going out to a ball here in Perth, the JDRF ball. Oh, um, so beautiful. that's $600 vouchers. Um, they have $350 credit, and they're all kind of $200 ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, tickets to go there so the people that are there kind of hopefully will see that and and like I've only got photos there that are Horton Hound so that will appeal to an entirely different type of um, client than my normal ones would I think if there was just photos of dogs that's a different type again but the fact that I'm like 
you still get amazing photos of your dogs, but you just happen to be in them looking amazing too, which is just because I've always mm-hmm. been really obsessed with any kind of fashion portrait and boudoir mm-hmm. photography. That's like I love looking at those photos and the different ways that, you know, like just just little movements of the body to make the, the women look and feel better um, certain angles yeah. and then just little tips to help them and and you just feel better when you dress up. You just feel more like, you know, you take on the world in the in the right dress. <laughs> For sure. Claire, um, it sounds like you have just been absorbing so much information and thinking it through, like how can I alter this a little bit to to really suit my my business yeah, and then exactly. implementing that. That's what it really sounds like to me, like, you know, having vouchers at this ball and, um, you know, really niching down on your – um, your vision for these images. And like- that's the other thing. This ball, everyone, every woman there is going to be, most of them anyway, in an amazing dress. So mm-hmm. I kind of know they've got the dress sorted, which is half the battle because I've had clients who are booked in and then a week before the session we mean like, I can't find the dress. Can we put it off another month? or like, no worries, we'll wait. It has to be the right dress. So like I know they've got the dress ready to go. So that's a huge thing as well. And I'm going to start working with um, – I'm going to try and find, I'm a big, I'm a big gym goer. So I'm going to try and working with my gym to see if I can find just another element of like, if you have time to train at the gym, you generally Mm -hmm. don't have kids, not always, but that's the case with my gym a lot of the time. So that I find a lot of my perfect clients don't have kids because obviously their dogs are their babies. So I think the gym is one I'm going to start working with as well too. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Um, Yeah. I love you thinking outside the box on who your ideal client is. I think a lot of us get stuck in to their, their pet owners or their pet people, but you're yeah. actually thinking about who that woman is and, yeah, it's, that's really awesome. Yeah. Um, so are you hoping to focus more on creating the feature pieces or you're doing I would to the really chats? love to be working on the feature pieces. Mm-hmm. I really would. Like I – I love the idea that we have I would nothing better than in my head than having two hours dedicated to getting one or two images in my head that I yeah. can really but it's hard because it if the client doesn't love it at the end, then they don't have much choice. So what I've been Yeah. yeah so <laughs> I think more I still wanna be getting I still want to be getting the amazing natural shots that we always get with our dogs anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the way I've been doing it at the minute is the first hour is traditional. The dog's easing into it. The dog's running around having fun. The dog portraits are done. And then the kind of last, I don't like to wait till sunset because I hate being cut off. So I like, like a, yeah. a half an hour in the middle there where I just go, all right, this is the shot in my head. And I'm, you have to, I'm having to really, learn these moves and jumps and stuff I want to do to show them because it's hard when they can't see themselves in the mirror so I have to do it a few times to show them and but it's just it's it's making them forget they're on camera as well when they're having and I'm mm-hmm. like run 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 as fast as you can and and it's hard because Lise with the red thing she she'd be running so hard that she had a running concentrating face on I was like okay Lise that was awesome yeah. it again. <laughs> it's smiling the whole time <laughs> and look at the dog while you're smiling <laughs> You should totally just have a bottle of wine yes. there for the end of the session and then they can, yes, they can chill out a little bit. I've been thrilled watching you do this. Oh, I think um, it really feels like you've found your 
you, your little niche and yeah. your niche within a niche. Yes, exactly. Um, and the photos are gorgeous. If if the listeners out there haven't seen these photos yet, definitely head over to photography so you can have a look at them because they're just beautiful. Let's talk about your inspiration because, you know, one of them is a fashion photographer and that's clearly in your your images now. So Cara Marie, is it? She does boudoir, yeah, and she is just, her images are powerful like they're she's just got soul and it shows her in everything she does and she's just you know when you find a business person it doesn't matter what they shoot but they're just doing everything so perfectly um Mm -hmm. she's just yeah any photographer it doesn't matter whether you particularly like boudoir or not her stuff's very tasteful it's 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 really classy um but her whole brand is black she wears black everything is black and white on her feed um she all her stories are of new black things she's found she has black toilet paper in her studio like she's (laughs) she's just so dedicated to her brand and her brand is her and I'm just I'm still learning to do that I'm still very Mm -hmm. um I put the odd story up and things but I do need to get my face in front of the camera more so I've got my younger brother is um doing film so he is doing a video for us a promo he's been filming some of the Horton Hound shoots so he's doing a promo video for me so I can get my face in front of the camera um yeah, she's just someone who I follow because she does she does that so well, um, portraying who she is as a person and it's all part of her brand. And I just, yeah, I think any photographer would learn a lot from her. She's awesome. A bit obsessed. That's a good tip. Is there anyone else that you get inspired by? I love seeing photographer's work that is so different to my own in terms of there's no dogs mm-hmm. anywhere in sight in either of those things, but I can see photos on their, on their sites or on their feed and I just go, oh, I, could, I can work with that and I'm going to bring that into a shoot next week or I love yeah. it. It's really cool. And it sounds like you're not just being inspired by the actual photography either but also the branding and the business elements as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like with the black toilet paper, that is awesome. Yes. Yeah, I really yeah. like that, yeah. <laughs> I do almost want to get some. <laughs> yeah. Caitlin, I can just imagine red toilet paper at Ragamuffin. <laughs> All kinds of wrong. I thought this, I was like, oh, red toilet paper. No, wait, that's really, really creepy. No <laughs> I mean, you can bring through elements of your own personality into your brand too. So, like, I know you've got um, who gives a crap toilet paper yeah Katie and as do I now because I saw you had it and I was like huh I didn't know that individuals could order this because I've always just seen it in like you know like my chiro or not my physio has it in their studio and I thought like I'd have to be ordering in massive bulk but you don't and this must be an Eastern States thing I never even heard of it oh who gives a crap is brilliant I gave them um (laughs) even to Ben's mum we gave her toilet paper for <laughs> which I was like I know this is a really weird gift but you'll be really awesome um side note anyone in Australia who gives a crap it's recycled toilet paper that arrives to your door in a box um and they donate 50% of the profits back to third world countries um to help them build plumbing systems oh, and that sort of thing look that up. they're really cool not photography related at all but um <laughs> Yeah, I do. Um, jumping back to the inspiration thing, I did have a question. So when you're planning these hot and hound shoots with your clients, how much pre-planning, like I know, I know you use Pinterest, for example, for like your creative inspiration, that sort of thing. Are you using that alongside your clients or how much pre-planning is going into the outfits and I don't so, know the do- what the dogs are 
quote unquote wearing that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, so I'm um, one element that I do try and encourage now um, is that the dog, we find a dog collar that matches the dress, the main dress mm. they're wearing because that just adds such a, it started off when I did that yoga, I don't know if you girls have seen the, I think I said it through. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and so sailors, we only had a red collar, but because my top was pink, I just changed it in Photoshop to match because I like, just, because when our outfits are brighter than the dog, which if we're wearing, you know, a pink or a, and sometimes the dress that people want to wear don't necessarily complement or match their dog particularly well. So if we mm-hmm. have a collar on the dog that matches the dress, at least it ties it in without it. Do you know what? It all started with the awards because they really, when I listen to the judging, I learned a lot from that. And they, they talk about how things have to tie in and how if one element is too strong, and takes away from the main point of the image, then what's the point of doing it? So um, mm-hmm. that's where I got the collar thing. Um, I just wanted to find, yeah, I just wanted to find a way that it, the dress wasn't or the outfit, it wasn't overpowering the dog. Um, and like I say, depending on what the dress is like, the style, if it's a fitted style, it will go with more um, static poses. If it's a flowing mm-hmm. dress, I'll, I'll make sure I implement some running or jumping ones. But I have a Pinterest board and before it shoot, I – I've generally, they always sent me a photo of them in their dress or um, a photo of the dress on the wall. And even if I haven't seen the person, I get an idea of their body shape and things from the dress. So mm-hmm. I can work with that on my Pinterest board and I'll get there and I'll, I'll have three or four screenshots on my phone. I can show them and say, what do you think? They're like, love that, love that, hate that. Um, and I just, one or two of them I'll just go with. And, and it's always... You have to, like I say, you have to spend a bit of time on it because they have to relax into it. And I'm asking them to do, I did, I've got an amazing one where this chick does ballet as a part-time thing. So her beautiful little old dog is just kind of staring at her like, what are you doing? And she's in this beautiful, like the top of this jump with her legs crossed and her her arms all perfect. And it's just like, it's just magic. But it took her, she, I could tell she felt a bit uncomfortable when we first started doing it. So I got up mm-hmm. there with her and I did a few till I was like, I, I fell over and like she's much more <laughs> ballet esque than me. So I was terrible at it. But I think her seeing me do so badly, she was kind of like, oh, I look good. Like I'm good. <laughs> 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 I think a huge part of it is because they are vulnerable, you know, especially in a beautiful dress. Or uh-huh. if they feel a little bit uncomfortable about their legs being out or whatever. Um, I just try and make the biggest fool of myself I can. And, and if I show them something and they're not into it, that's cool. Or I can kind of mm-hmm. tell if I show them something and they're not getting it or they don't feel comfortable doing it and no matter what I do, it's I'm like, cool, we'll go to something else. And not everyone's going to want to jump or run and stuff, but mm-hmm. I have my Pinterest board. I pick out a few that I think is going to suit it, depending on the dog as well. And then I basically just have a scrap of paper, a piece of paper, I fold it up in my pocket and I get really distracted on shoots. I get really into the moment and I let the dog kind of dictate a lot of where the shoot goes. So I I, the reason I've got that bit of paper is because I'll be halfway through a shoot and I think, oh, we haven't even done any of my list yet. So I get my list out and I go through and I pick one and we go with that. Like I need, I'm a real scatterbrain in, in terms of like, you know, when you get in a roll and you're in the moment, I don't think about anything yeah. else except what I'm shooting in front of me. And so I sometimes need to look at that bit of paper and go, all right, you wanted to get this shot clear. You're going to have to, you know, get the light out, get, I have to reset myself because I get too excited and too into it otherwise. And I, I really need something mm-hmm. to like, make me go back to the plan. <laughs> so has the client seen this plan before the shoot? No, because to them yeah. okay. to them, it's not um, the shots they know they're getting are the ones they see all the time, which are cuddling the dog, running, like walking along with the dog by their side, doing paw, all the, gen- the normal interaction ones. Um, 
Horton Hound, all I tell them is that there's going to be running, jumping, movement, skipping, dancing with your dog. They All they know is it's going to be they're going to have fun and laugh a lot. Like that's that's mm-hmm. all I really tell them. And mm-hmm. it's not so we get – because if it's a crap sky, if I have no clouds in the sky, then I, I generally won't do a lot of the open sky ones because I just – I know it might sound really spoiled because I'm in Perth, but I hate a blue sky. I hate it. It's so boring. Um, so I always try and do something different if we don't have clouds in the sky. Um, I do, that's just my mm-hmm. personal taste. But it, yeah, it so you don't want to like have the client have this expectation that you can't deliver, you mean, because of mm-hmm. the day? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want each, every dog and person so different that I don't want them to see it. If they ask for a certain photo they've seen before, then absolutely we'll do it. But I don't yeah. want them to expect the same thing from every shoot. I'd, I'd rather, like for me as a photographer, I get way more out of it if it's different each time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets a bit tricky once you get stuck into sort of cookie cutter sessions, yeah. which yeah. can be hard. I mean, we've all been doing this for a decade yeah. plus. Um, it's hard not to always do the same thing, but that, that's why – I think doing personal projects are really important Absolutely. for photographers. Just put, puts you out of your comfort zone again, makes you think creatively again. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, it's been very inspirational watching these hot and hound things um, come out on your social media and, yeah, you've been inspiring me definitely. Oh, so stop it. Thanks, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're awesome. Cool. Well, that is so much, I think, for the listener to sort of absorb. I mean, we covered all the way from when you first started and what inspired your mindset shift to to these amazing shoots you're offering now and how you're booking them and, and now what inspired them as well. So, yeah. oh, wow, so much information, I think, so many takeaways really? for the listeners. Um, where can everybody check out these amazing um, amazing shoots that you've just been telling us about and your work in general, Claire? So we've I've just um, put a whole bunch of the Horton Hound photos on the face uh, no not Facebook the website so photography.com.au um, and then all the new ones will be on Facebook and Instagram so Instagram's photography underscore Oz AUS and Facebook is just photography so um, yeah and I just I think it's really important that people just you have to open your eyes and and look everywhere for inspiration like we did a yoga class like this acrobatic yoga class and from there is where I wanted to do the yoga class was the yoga shot with sailor like I just think as a person you have to keep doing new things and finding new experiences and it's not it's not all necessarily for business you do it for like Mm. keeping your head happy but that's where Mm. you see stuff that will like click something in your head and go oh that's a shot yeah when you yeah if you're just immersed in your business all the time then you're not getting any exterior yeah I think you really have to like stretch your creative brain because I didn't have Mm -hmm. one I really didn't um technical side of photography I've always kind of got and I that made sense to me but the creative side I yeah I had to work at it and now that it's open I hope it never closes but the second I can feel myself kind of getting back into a rut or I don't feel inspired or I don't feel like things are new or exciting anymore I just have to go and try new things it can be anything mm-hmm. but it, it literally opens up a body of brain I'm sure of it there'll be a scientific study later in life that proves it I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> oh it's probably done for sure that is the perfect piece of advice to end on. Thank you so, so, so much for chatting to us today, Thanks Claire. Thanks for having me, ladies. Good to talk to you both. Yeah, Thanks. we'll put links um, to everything that you mentioned, like your gallery and your Facebook and your Instagram and stuff as well in the awesome. show notes for anybody who wants to check out your work. And guys, do it because super <laughs> inspiring. Oh, just looking at this girl sitting on top of the 
Ridge in a red dress with the Dalmatian. Oh, that's my favorite oh, one. That lining. <laughs> <Sorry, Katie. laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyway, guys, <laughs> thanks so Thank much you. for tuning in. Thank you, ladies. Bye. Coming Bye. on the show, Claire. Thank you. Thanks for having me.